Welcome on into the 2-3 podcast. I'm Cam, that's Zach. Episode 14, a great win and recording together in person edition. Cam, well, uh, I love to see you. I'm way too close to you right now. We're way too close. This is the first episode, folks, that we have done together in person at Zach's apartment right now. And we would think that because Zach and I have known each other for years, we've been very, very close for for several years. This is the most awkward I've ever felt with you before. Yeah, we've got a microphone in between us. We're staring at each other like we're about to get married or something. (laughs) And we're just we're just chalking it up, ready to talk some keys basketball. I don't want to look Zach in the eye right now. Yeah, it's uh, it's so awkward. It's so awkward. We've tried to do it where I have my microphone on the other side of the room. Zach has his microphone on the other side and they pick up each other. But we try to do it with one microphone. This is what we're going to be doing. This is us finally in person together. Coming off of a great dub, Zach, against Pitt. Beautiful dub. Beautiful dub. A much needed dub. The first dub of 2022 at that. And came down to defense it did come down to defense talking Jim talking in his presser after the game he talked a lot about defense and sort of the lapses in defense by multiple players he pointed out Jesse Edwards in particular that in his words he had no idea what he was doing on defense in the first half and it kind of showed because Jim pulled him out and it kind of helped a little bit because Jesse actually ended up getting into foul trouble later on in the game So it's nice to actually have Jesse have more than 20 minutes in this game. Ended up being in foul trouble, but still able to get some production out of him, even if it was not too productive in the first half. Yeah, honestly, I thought that was like almost a genius move that he did intentionally. I was like, whoa, Jim Beheim pulling another trick up his sleeve by like caking Jesse out of the game to preserve him for the second half, which honestly, if if he's going to do that, I kind of if he's going to follow every single game, which he has so far out of ACC play. I don't know. I don't mind him getting limited minutes in the first half. I like the aggressiveness that Jesse's been playing with, but sometimes I feel like he still is young. He still doesn't really necessarily know like when to stop. He's a little bit too aggressive. But that being said, why would you ever try to shoot over Jesse Edwards? That man has so many blocks this year. Why would you ever try to do that? And he showed it again. He had like two blocks, I think, in this game. He's been great in the blocking category, but yeah, Jesse coming away with eight rebounds. He had 12 points on the night and he was not the only storyline in this one. Buddy Bayheim having another great game, 24 points in this 77 to 61 win. It continues to be Buddy Buckets, Zach. Yeah, Buddy came out hot as fire, four for four from three, which was obviously great to see. And Jim credited that those those points, those extreme three, he, some of them were like, way out too he credited that to our our lead and without buddy in the first half we were gonna be in trouble yeah i don't know where we would be without buddy this year and he's had a couple of like poor games over the past couple of couple of games but regardless even if buddy has a bad game it's still his team and it still like shows that he is the leader of this squad even if we do have sort of questions about who is the number two on this team Buddy's still obviously the number one guy. He's still going to be the person that you go to for those shots and for those plays. And he's he's really taken it on his shoulders. This is a team that has had its first losing record since, what, the 60s? And he still looks poised. He still looks calm. He still looks like he's taking smart shots. 
I've been really impressed by him and my expectations were already set pretty high for him, but he's really sort of crossed that, you know, that bar. He's done great. Yeah, he really has. And he's gone through a lot of adver- adversity this year and it's just really good to see him still walk in, not lose faith or hope and just continue to do what he does best, which is score the ball and be a great leader for this team. So Buddy coming away with a big game. The one guy who was like, it was pretty curious why he didn't have that great of a game. Ended up actually getting into foul trouble was was JG3. He had only had eight points on the game and he had four fouls. He didn't he didn't look like he was having a bad game per se. Samir was able to come in, sort of take control like he always does, but not not too worried, I guess. Still kind of strange that he's getting into foul trouble though. Yeah, I don't really get the foul trouble, I think. I mean, maybe some of these were like frustration fouls. He's kind of like he he didn't shoot the ball very well. Over three from over three from three. That's a little bit of a mouthful there. But I don't know. He, he ended up like you said four fouls. Sami had to come in for him. And this is kind of the second or third game in a row where Joe is not playing the best. But I don't know. I do like that opening the door for Samir because while Samir didn't have a perfect outing, I liked what I saw from him. And for him to get a little bit more of a run was good to see. He was getting a little bit of a scolding there. A little bit. He always does. Uh, yeah, he always does. I mean, I think that there's always one person who has a pretty short leash on Joe's yeah. roster or Jim's roster. Joe's. Joe's roster. And uh, yeah, this time it's it's definitely Samir. He was making a couple of strange decisions, I guess, in Jim's eyes. Jim did give him credit in the presser saying that he played a great game and he did. He had five points. So I guess that he is stepping up, but Overall, how are you feeling personally about this team after this one? I mean, not to say, because by no means was this like a gimme game. Like Pittsburgh, kind of like us, struggled and weren't a lot of close games that they could have gone all the way and they could have been, you know, some 10 and 5 or whatever, or not, not, not quite that, but not 6 and 8 or whatever they came into this game. So the record wasn't very indicative of who they are. So... Well, that being said, like it does feel good to get this win, but in, in a way it was just like, we just had to win. Like, yeah. No matter which way you look at it, like obviously Pittsburgh is a better team than like, you know, Lehigh or someone you have that you just are going to beat. But I don't know, obviously at, at end of the day, we got a dub and we needed that. So I'm feeling good. Yeah, I agree with you. The one game that was really on our radar last night was at the, at the timing of this, of, our taping last night was Miami's win over Duke. And that really sort of opened things up in the ACC. And if you look at the ACC as a whole right now, it's a little different than I guess in years past. Yeah. I mean, you have Duke previously number two of the country. And I think they just fell to eight and obviously they were at the first in the conference and now they're, you know, top four or whatever they are. And I don't know. It it really shakes things up, especially for like Miami, who is now, five six or in the conference they're on like a nine game winning streak and the fact that they're still not ranked is is unbelievable to me i don't understand how miami isn't ranked but regardless of that it does kind of change my perspective of that miami loss not that we thought miami wasn't good but you know maybe we gotta backstep the jim laranaga's uh walmart jim Beheim a little bit and miami had a mickey mouse schedule we might have to backtrack those a little bit but nonetheless I do feel a little better about that. Because, like, imagine if Miami was 24 when we played them. It would have been, all right, they're pressured. Because that same pressure they put on us 
They put against put against Duke, caused turnovers for Duke in Cameron Indoor, and they beat them. So it's uh, it's so weird why Miami isn't ranked. Yeah, they played. They have played a pretty tough schedule. By the way, that game was on Saturday. I don't know why I thought it was yesterday, but they they played a pretty tough schedule. They beat at the time the number two team in the nation, and I don't really understand why they aren't getting the credit that they deserve. They they got a couple of votes to be in the top twenty five, but I don't understand why you wouldn't like. I don't know what would really hold them back. They haven't had a bad loss this year, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it really does make sense to me. I mean, I think it's just a matter of time at this point. I mean, it just shows again that the ACC is not getting well respected, even though they're undefeated in the conference. Even though, even after beating our, the best team in our conference, who's who was number two in the country, which that's what baffles, baffles me. But regardless, us in the ACC know that Miami is the real deal, and I think they'll continue to prove that you know they're a good team and. You know, maybe maybe it's Miami's conference this year. We'll see. Yeah, I you never know. I think to go back to to our squad, you look at the ACC as a whole, and like I said, it's a lot different than it has been in years past. But maybe that's a good thing because it's such a a wide open race right now. Before the loss to Miami, we both agreed that Duke was easily the number one team in the conference, easily. And then after that, didn't really know who the number two team was at the time. And usually in years past, it's like the first six teams and then that's it. There's a huge cutoff line. You know who the cutoff line is. And then it drops immediately after that. So maybe it's good that it's completely wide open right now. Again, the ACC might not be getting too much you know, respect that it deserves, but maybe that's a good thing for Cuse because kind of two and three in the conference right now, not looking good after that Wake Forest loss or not feeling good after that Wake Forest loss. I think that we did look better than I think people were giving us credit for, but maybe it's a good thing. Yeah. That it's, that's wide open right now. Yeah. I mean, all those games we lost were close. And again, like Miami is now, I, I would say like, obviously like I wish we beat Miami, especially after that first half being up big, but it just feels better. It's like, if if they had more respect, if we had if our expectations of Miami were greater going into that game, we would have not felt as bad. Even though we did lose by a small margin, it was just like we lost to a great team at the end of the day, and we should be like that should be respectable. And obviously, we wish we could have won. We should have quote unquote won because of the lead, but it just the perspective on everything changes so much when you actually give them the, the credit and respect that they deserve. Yeah, and Miami. By the way, I think this game was played at the same time as ours was. Lost by one point to the next team that we play, which is Florida State. Which shows that literally everything is wide open right now. Literally nothing is concrete in this conference. But again, maybe that's a good thing. Like, maybe it's a crapshoot right now. An absolute crapshoot from top to bottom. From Duke to Boston College. It's just, everything is nuts in this conference right now. So... Why not be that team that just kind of comes out of nowhere and takes that spot? And maybe things are clicking right now. Maybe this is the game that finally things click. I don't know. It needs to happen soon, though. Like, there needs to be a run at some point for us to compete for for anything at this point. Yeah, I mean, I like it. I like that the conference isn't Duke and everyone else or Miami and Duke and everyone. It's, it's everyone and everyone, and we're even seeing that at a national level. 
Baylor just lost tonight. We watched Texas Tech just beat them at at Baylor. Yeah. So basketball in a way just doesn't make sense this year. People are losing. <laughs> number one. How many times has the number one team gone down this year? Oh, several times. Like it happens yeah. every week. I don't think we've had. It's like it's just wild. Yeah. The basketball scene. People are losing. It's not like last year because Gonzaga was. It seemed like Gonzaga was number one, and there was no one that could mess him. Obviously, Baylor proved that they could beat him in the final, but other than that, it was like Gonzaga, 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 Gonzaga. But we're not seeing that at all this year, which I kind of like. Yeah. Everyone's a little bit closer together. There's no, you know, uh, high and low. It's kind of just all in the middle. I like it. Yeah, it is nice. It's nice to see that, especially in the conference, like we said, to not see it like two, like two different groups, groups like it usually is. And then you like, it's usually just like the first six teams, you know, for a fact are going to get into the tournament. You just know that. Mm -hmm. And then maybe like two or three others after that might get in. And then the rest of it is like Boston college and Pitt and those guys. (laughs) I need to stop calling out Boston college because like, I feel bad for them, but I feel bad for their fans too. So you had mentioned a couple of weeks ago that this team reminded you of the squad that ended up not making it to March Madness. I don't know about you, but do you still kind of get that vibe with this team? That seemed seemed like an underdog throughout the entire year. And now we're kind of falling into that role a little bit. I know that the ACC is a crapshoot, but it still feels like we're a little bit of an underdog right now. Yeah, it really does. I mean, we're, we're sitting eight and eight, glad to be even to back up again. But even that year, we, we had great wins against like Duke and I think North Carolina so, and like, I think we're gonna have opportunities for that again. We're gonna have Duke in a few weeks here, and maybe we can snag one of those wins coming up. So, it, it really does feel similar still, which I don't love. I mean, I kind of do like the underdog mentality, it's kind of fun. You're like, us versus everyone, no one believes in us. And then when we win, we're like, what's up? Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, so that, yeah. that's fun. But I don't, we gotta take it take it with stride and just go for it. I don't know. I, I like it. I mean, it's what we have. It's a, it was the hand we, we were dealt. So we, gotta, we just got to take it. Yeah. Who is, a, who has surprised you the most this year so far, 16 games in who has surprised you the most? I think it's gotta be Jesse. Jimmy's close just because, I mean, I knew he was good and I knew he was going to be at least decent. Obviously, the transition from Ivy League to ACC was a little bit in the question, especially after being off a year, even though he has a gym in his dad's basement. <laughs> but just overall, like coming into the year, we, we saw very limited things from Jesse at the, after last year. And it was like, I don't know, we were just kind of shrugging our shoulders of what we could actually think we could get from him. Um and I think he's been, he's shown that he's a great player and he's shown that the more you go to him, the better off you are. The only downfall to him right now is is his following and him not being able to play full games because he's following out. Which is a massive question. Like, why? <laughs> why? I, I I don't know. Is it like the inexperience? Is, so. it, is it that he's playing too aggressive when he shouldn't be? Because a lot of those fouls are just him sort of standing underneath the basket trying to contest a shot and he's kind of standing over the guy and the guy bumps into him and it's more or less an easy foul and he's a call. So do you think it's that inexperience? Like- I think so. At the end of the at end of the weight game, he was at he was in the presser and someone asked him like, what were you thinking on that last foul? Because if you watched the game, uh, and obviously you did, it was like, Jesse, why are you, why are you doing that? It was, yeah. it, was a, it was a horrible fifth foul to go on. 
And he was just like, you know, I don't, I haven't really had much experience. And he just kind of was just like, I just went with instinct and wasn't really thinking about big picture. I have five foul or I have four. I can't, I'm just going to like put my hands up or not even go for it. Like, honestly, if, if he didn't go for it, no one would have said anything. It was like, we need you more than we need to not let that guy score two points. And for some reason that didn't click. I, I honestly think it comes to like first his inexperience, but also just like leadership on the team. Someone, I mean, obviously I think he knows in the back of his mind, someone probably told him or the coaches, someone said, Hey, you have four fouls, be careful. But someone on his team, Cole Swider, Jimmy Beheim, Buddy Beheim, someone needs to be like, yo, Jesse, hands up, nothing. Give him a reminder. Make sure you're, you have his back. Like that's just camaraderie. That's leadership. And I don't know if that's happening out there in that instance. And just in general, I think we, I think, I don't know. Leadership has been really in question to me. Something I've been thinking about after these this like losing streak we were on. Yeah, it's definitely Buddy's team, but he's quiet. He's quiet. He's a quiet leader, and we thought that Cole was going to be the guy that steps up. Now maybe he is. Maybe he's the guy in practice that's stepping up. And we saw it today during the game that he was you know trying to get the team going mm-hmm. and everything, and he's got a serious face on always. the whole time. Serious Cole. No, always has a serious face on. So. Maybe it's Cole, but there's no vocal leader, mm-hmm. an actual vocal leader. We thought maybe at times it was going to be Samir. Maybe it's going to be Cole. Maybe it's Jimmy. Maybe Joe. maybe it's Joe. Yeah. But nobody's really stepped up and been, been that definitive number two guy. And until then, you're still going to possibly have these silly fouls that are that are done by, by Jesse, by Joe, whoever. And... I think you're right. I think that it needs to be somebody telling him like, Jesse, you need to, you know, play a little bit more conservative or whatever. Cause I think that you could argue that him not thinking about his foul trouble is actually a good thing because it's not weighing him down. Right. So that way he can like be out there the whole time. But in a game like that, you need your center so badly that he can't be making those mistakes. He can't be, you know, committing that fifth foul, which he really didn't need to do at all. Mm So maybe I think I think you're right. I think it does come down to lack of experience, lack of leadership and everything like that. But you would think that at this point in the season, it would have been solved by now. You know, 16 games in like we're well into the season at this point. You think that somebody would step up at this point. You think so? I've been listening to Q Sports Talk. So shout out to them. But they're bringing on players and they're and there's several times they've asked, like, who's who's the leader? Who's the leader on the team? who's you know that vocal guy and from what i've seen they all, they, all, they all have a different answer joe said himself cole said a combination between him and jimmy and he's just like there's like no definitive answer and i think that's a problem really yeah the joe joe said himself joe said himself and you know he's being the point guard you know the, the quarterback and he he said himself but then i don't know it, it just seems odd that they're all not on the same page and obviously they all have their own you know, time where they step up and say something, I'm sure, on the court. We don't always see, we don't know what they're saying on the court. It's hard to tell. But like, I don't know, there's, there's never like any group huddles or like there's like during a free throw or like, you know, on Je- Jesse's fourth, the third foul, there's never like a, a huddle like with the team, be like, yo, guys, Jesse, you have four, like, you know, or like, I don't know, just like, yo, say something, just regroup. Or even after a huddle with, with Jim, you know, maybe you, you get chewed out. Maybe, you know, Samir gets chewed out at a timeout and you're like, yo, Samir, we got you, you know, like just whatever it is to keep the team together, keep it cohesive. 
and just a little bit more camaraderie. Which is baffling because at the beginning of this year, this team was praised for its leadership and for its seniority. Mm-hmm. That was the point that was really hammered in. And you'd think with a team that is this experienced that there would be like a natural leader at this point. From a fan's perspective, who would you say is the number two guy or at least the most vocal leader at this point? Because, you know, assuming that Buddy is quote unquote Buddy's team, but he is the quiet leader. Who would you say is like the vocal leader? And I think that you and I probably have the same answer. I mean, I do. I think it's just based on what I've seen. I mean, I do think it, it's close between Cole and Jimmy. Um, but I just want to take a step back real quick. I, I kind of obviously Buddy's not listening to this, but I do like want to challenge him in a way. Obviously, he's like a, you know, a lead by example guy. And he, he does that to the utmost level. You know, he goes out there, shows out, works his ass off and proves to the team and everyone that he's 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 our number one and to you know he, he everyone respects him and it's you know obviously it's, it works but imagine if buddy stepped up and was you know talking to people and telling people not what to do but just building camaraderie it, i think it would change the team and i i get like he's not that guy per se but if he just if he could work on that a little bit or just here and there Bring the team because like he he, he can ch- he can chat here and there you know he's like I'm a bucket you can't guard me so he's not like he's he's nervous but if Buddy could step up and be a true vocal leader which I really don't like the idea of like making a guy someone who they're not but I do think that could take him to the next level because like he he is the leader just he's not the vocal leader so I think that hurts us well I think it's his team yeah but he's not the leader he's the best player by far on the yeah. team. But he's not the best leader. Now, granted, again, he might be a leader for some of the younger guys. He might be the leader for the whole team. You never know. Like, maybe right. he's the vocal guy in practice. But if the players aren't saying that he's the leader on the team, then that's a that's a problem. But I agree with you. Like, you can't make the guy something that he isn't, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yep. He, you know, he he's not the most vocal guy to his team. He's more or less like a good... He's a great player. He likes to show by his play style. And that's great. Like, that is fantastic. He can be that kind of guy, but that's not what the team needs right now. Mm -hmm. The team needs a vocal leader that's actually going to step up and assert themselves and say, hey, listen, guys, you know, we're Jesse, you're in foul trouble. You got to calm down. Like, remember, you got four fouls on you. You got to keep that in your hands up only. Hands up only. Even take a step back, you know? Exactly. There, There are... There is a little bit of, not inexperience on this team, but there's a lack of, I guess, chemistry on the team when there really shouldn't be. And I think that if there was more chemistry on the team, we probably would have a few more wins up our sleeve at this point. These close games that we're losing could be won if there's just a little bit more camaraderie, a little bit more, just, it's just, honestly, it's just communication at the end of the day. Is having each other's back, making sure you're checking on your guys. And it's, it's not even like huge stuff. It's just little things, little just camaraderie and just baseline communication, which maybe is happening here and there. Like obviously the guys are talking. It's not like there's mute out there, but just visually it just seems like there's not enough group huddles. There's not enough like things. I mean, like it, it's kind of hard to gauge it because like we're watching on TV. We can't really see. So it's like maybe they're talking more than we think, but it just... It, just, it doesn't seem like there's a clear leader. 
do you like because you, you, I think back to like teams past Tyus was a real leader Tyus was he was kind of quiet though he was a little bit quiet though yeah and then you had maybe like a more vocal leader like Frank was a little bit of a vocal leader mm-hmm. I think of like Quincy was a, a bit of a vocal leader Dolajai was really like he was a funny guy and he was in quiet a way, though. in he a way quiet. in a way though he was a little bit of a leader because it was kind of like he would be that guy on the front lines that would take those charges. Yeah. He, would, he would do Especially the dirty last work. last year. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, but I can't think, like, the last true vocal leader on wearing a Syracuse uniform. I mean, who's coming to my mind because he's on Cute's, Cute's Sports Talk is Devo. Yeah. Yeah, he's just, he's comes to mind at first. There's got to be somebody, though, that's got to be, like, in, in after that. Yeah. yeah. Tyus was a little bit quiet, yeah, especially in his early years. Even like Elijah, like I mean, he led by example. Like we have like a lot of like lead by example guys, and like not to say like they're like obviously these guys are all dogs, these savages, whatever you want to say, but just the true like I don't even know what quality that is, but just I mean sometimes like maybe it could even be bad, but they just don't have like this true I don't want to say leader, but just like they're not very vocal. I can't think of anybody that's real vocal. Yeah, not maybe that's what Jim likes. Maybe that's the kind of guys that he likes to come into the program is like, hey, show by example sort of thing. Right. But you'd think that like a team would have a little bit more firepower if they had like a guy that was really like chatty, you know? You know, you know who was but didn't play enough? We 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 have him right here. Howard Washington was like that. Remember my every, boy Howard Washington. Every time was. he came to the game, he was talking, he was checking in on a free throw shot. He was checking in with Buddy or whoever else on the court. He was always checking, moving around, delivering messages. He was always talking. Well, it's funny that you say that because remember he always want he would mention that he wanted to be a coach. That's what he wanted to be. He wanted to be a coach after like his playtime was done, and he looked like a natural coach out there. He mm-hmm. looked like a natural chatty guy. And he would always pick players up. Like, he would be the first one off the bench if the guys were coming off, you know, for the timeout or whatever. High fives. Yeah, high fives or whatever. Like, pick your chin up. Like, it's going to be okay. Howard Washington is dearly missed. I loved watching him. He was, I thought, a very underrated guard. He ended up, where did he go after um, his tenure at Cuse? I don't remember. I think he, I don't know. He obviously had a, like, a lot of health trouble and he had, he's quite the story and journey. Um, local Buffalo guy or Western New York. But definitely a bummer to see him go. I can't remember where he went. I can't remember either. That whole year had a bunch of transfers. Jalen Carey went, Bryson Godine went, uh, Howard went. Let's see. Howard, that. I, I think that that was probably, yeah, the last real vocal guy that we had transferred. He transferred to South Alabama, and I don't think that he ended up playing a game there because I think health reasons. I think that he... And the COVID hit, too. And the COVID hit as well, and I don't know if South Alabama actually played a year. So, Howard Washington, really, really missed in this program. I don't think that we'd... Ha- he. He might have like a year or two of eligibility left if he's still like looking to play or whatnot. But yeah, we're missing a Howard Washington on this team. Yeah, it's just like his 
I don't know, vocality, is that a word? Just being vocal? It can be. Yeah. We'll make it. We'll make it. That it, I miss. Because I remember every time he came on the court, he was he was doing just talking, communicating. You know who another one is? Adrian Autry. From the bench? From the bench. But like yeah. he was always the guy like with the with the high fives and everything. No, that was cool. That was so cool. it was cool to see him out there, you know, doing his thing. And he was very well loved by the team. Definitely. And he was pretty vocal. Like he was a great energy. I don't know if he was necessarily like the most vocal leader, right. but he was like, he was a leader in his own right. Like right. a bench leader, if you will. Yeah. He was a, he was a, a cool story though. Like kind of, kind of miss his energy and everything and like his, his humor and all that. So it was cool to see him have like his own handshake with the team and all that. So right. yeah, cool stuff like that. Looking ahead to Florida state, big matchup. Won the first outing against them. Who are you looking to sort of step up and have a great game heading into Saturday? I mean, I think Buddy, I say this every time, Buddy's got to continue his great play because obviously he's our best player. Without Buddy, we tend not to fare very well. So we need to continue having Buddy play well. And in terms of stepping up, I would love to see Joe get back in a rhythm. He's had a few games slump here. And hopefully against Florida State, he can find a shot again. Captain Cole needs a good game. Yeah, Captain Cole, Cole, Cole is too. really, really needs a good game. He was 0 for 4 from 3 against Pitt. Not the best couple of games that he's had. I don't know what's happened that he's kind of switched off a little bit, but Jim is really like putting him out there to try to get him the minutes that way he can like get something to click. I don't know what it is. Like, have you noticed anything in his play style that's like changed at all? I don't know. Because he doesn't have any like true open looks off just immediately. And like, I don't know if they're really like necessarily running plays for him in particular. So it's just he, he, he has like shots and he takes them, but shooting only four shots. I mean, obviously he didn't make any of them, but you almost rather see him have a little bit of a higher clip because it's just like you got to get in a rhythm, you got to get shooting, and if just honestly, I was while we were watching that game, I was like, did he hasn't even shot a, a three yet? I because like, I, I almost every time he had the ball, he was like pump faking or driving in, which is good to see. He needs to do that, but he, he's he's a he's a shooter, certified shooter, and he's he's got to shoot more. I feel like especially in a game like the one against Pitt where it was a pretty decisive lead at, at one point. And I remember he pump faked a three and then went in and then shot it like kind of from the, not from the baseline, but it was kind of close to the baseline. Yeah. And it was like, well, why don't you just shoot that three? Like, why don't you just stay at the three? Like you had the pump fake. Why don't you just step over and then like knock down the three? Because he hasn't been taking too many threes, like you said. And he's been almost, I don't know if he's being told to shoot closer to the rim but it's not faring well for him because it seems like his like aim is like off or something like he's had so many like good misses, but he's just not like calibrated in like he isn't dialed in enough. I don't know what it is. He needs to take more attempts. He needs to be a little bit more comfortable from the three. I don't know if he's like trying to pass the ball around too much either because he's really trying to get the ball moving and everything. But it's like, why don't you just have a shot? You're like, you have an open look right there. Like, why don't you just take it? I don't know. Yeah, I think on that one, one play in particular, I think he was just like his forward momentum was just a little too forward. So he just was like, all right, I'll just go in and take that jumper. Obviously, it didn't work out for him because he ended up missing that shot. It was a good play overall, though. Like, but you do, I wonder, like, you know. 
great pump fake knock down the three or at least attempt the three. Yeah. But I mean, nonetheless, like I, I love Cole, what we what we're seeing from Captain Cole, what 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 he's been doing, and just who he is off the court. Every interview I hear, every presser, and anytime I look into him outside of the court, I love what he's saying. I love his leadership. And overall, my stock in Cole hasn't changed at all. I'm still He's a certified shooter, and I like to see him play. You know who we'd love to see get some minutes against Florida State? John Bolajac. John Bolajac. John Bolajac. <laughs> I don't know. what That was a really weird like move, putting him in there. I kind of liked it, though. Like It paid off. He played pretty well. Yeah, it was yeah. fun. I Got mean, four minutes. We had fun watching. I, it was just like, <laughs> not like no like disrespect. or like It was just like kind of out of the blue. It was like not comical, but it was just like, I don't know. It was just kind of like <laughs> fun, I guess, yeah. to see it happen. And, you know, some good minutes from our, our guy, John Bull, or Jacques. Love to see it. He had a cardio-only performance. He had four minutes and then no rebounds, no assists, no points. But he did look good out there. Like, he looked like he was getting into his positions and everything. He's like, the way he moves is really funny because it's like, it's not like spazzy. But it's like, it's like jittery, jittery. Yeah. yeah. It's like, he's kind of like jumping around from like place to place and he's not actually like set anywhere. He's got happy feet out there. He does. He has happy <laughs> feet. It looks like he's just like happy to be out there. Like yeah. he's like really excited, really, really excited. But it was not a move that I was thinking he was going to make. And I, I didn't really understand why Jim made that move. I mean, he sent his presser that he's had a great practice coming off the bench and out of I guess people on the bench, he thought he was practicing better, which I guess is fair. I mean, he kind of knocked Benny a little bit saying, you know, he didn't play the best and was chose John Bull over him, which I mean, I guess is just a ever changing. And I don't know the whole, the whole dynamic is interesting and we're still figuring out how that's going to pan out. But Jim loves practice. So if yeah. you have a good practice, like he's going to put you in. I don't like Benny. I thought had a pretty good performance against wake. Got mm-hmm. some pretty solid season minutes. high minutes. Yep. And I didn't think that he played great against Pitt, but not poor enough that I was like, he needs to get out of here. It was more or less just like a quiet performance. So I don't right. know what Jim was looking at, but regardless, he was looking at something because he got pulled out like fairly quickly. Yeah. I, I don't know how many minutes Benny ended up getting. Uh, let's see here. Benny ended up getting. Four minutes on the day. So the same as John Bull shock. Wow. So that could be something to see going forward. It would be nice to see John Bull like that random like bench player out there uh, in the game against Florida State. I'd love to see it. I'd love to see like a wild card out there like Patty Casey or John <laughs> Bull Jacques, just somebody out there that is completely different because maybe that's kind of like the spark that this team needs or at least a fun spark at that. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I like that, you know, he's kind of earning his minutes, you know, playing well in practice, according to Jim. And I kind of like that, you know, even though the line he hasn't played in a few games, I think this is like, I don't know, the announcer said this is like his fifth, fourth game played this season. Yeah. So it, it's cool that regardless of that, he still gets some minutes because he played well in practice and Jim saw it. He's like, all right, I'll give you some, I'll give you some reps. So that game going to be at three at the Dome on Saturday. And Zach, one of us is going to be at that game, that's checking right. out the Florida State Seminoles. That's right. First game of the year, first game of the season, first game in like two years since COVID. Hyped to be back in the new dome. But more importantly, just 
back see the boys in Syracuse and I'm hyped it is going to be nice Zach and I always have a tradition to go to Johnny Rockets before or after the game do you think that you're going to be hitting up Johnny Rockets at all we'll see we'll see I'm not sure if that's in the schedule or not but we'll see it's always a, a nice time to go to Johnny Rockets, and we've had a, a lot of a lot of very nice memories, a lot of very good waiters <laughs> that have been yes. that have been there. A, a game in particular that stands out, just some nice little Syracuse memories down down memory lane. Zach and I, after one of the, it was a horrible Virginia loss, awful. Like it was one of the lowest scoring ACC games in like a while, if you remember that game at all. And we went to Johnny Rockets afterwards. We were so like just depressed that left the guy a really nice tip, and the guy was like, "Do you want anything else?" Because he was like surprised at how big the tip was. We're like, "No, we're just we're done. We're, we don't want to be here anymore. Like we're we're done." Johnny Rockets, though, very good, good times, great times. Yes. So that game, three o'clock on ESPN against Florida State on Saturday. That is going to do Who it. Just for, beat Miami. Who just beat Miami too? Yeah. So that's going to be a huge game. I, look. ACC is wide open. We beat them the first time. I, maybe we beat them a second time. Yeah. I don't know. I don't even know what's a good win or a bad loss anymore. For real. I really don't. <laughs> I just real. know for a fact that the Colgate loss is a bad loss. Yes. But like, I think that we're so far removed from that loss now that we could put that in the rearview mirror. Hopefully that's not like on our resume when we ended up, when we ended up trying to qualify for March Madness. But I don't even know what's like a good win anymore. I thought the Florida State win was a good win, and now they're like nine and eight. So I I don't know. Who knows? Who knows anymore? But that's gonna do it for us. Back here after the Florida State game, we'll talk to you then. Unfortunately, we will not be in person together, but still still providing great content as always. Go follow us on social media at the Two Three Podcast. I don't know why you're not doing that already, but go check us out. Go check out our graphics and everything. But that's going to do it for us. We will see you later. Let's go, Cuse. <laughs>